Episode 16 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week in what is a North American edition, Andy Scoggins from Kansas. Hi. Aaron Wolf from Brooklyn. Hey. Um, Zayden Al Sabadi from North Carolina. Hello. And making his debut, Oliver Lease from Wisconsin. Hello, everyone. So, good weekend, chaps? Uh, excluding some bits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely wonderful. I have no idea what anybody has been complaining about. It was freezing cold. I was up way too early, and uh, there was some football on. So, it was terrible. Terrible fucking weekend. I had a great weekend. It was fantastic. I'm in Key West, Florida, on vacation with the missus. The weather is brilliant. The food is excellent. I've been drunk every single day. Uh, but, you know, the result yesterday, really, it, 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 it's, it, it's not good. Not good. But, hey, life goes on. Yeah, and I've had a great weekend so far. I mean, uh, took a trip up yesterday to watch the game. Had great people. Met some great fans in Kansas City. Had some good beer. My son had a great time. It was just a, it was a good day. Andy, what kind of turnout did you guys get in Kansas City? Uh, we had um, unofficially 37 Spurs supporters. Wow. wow. And I mean, the, 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 the pub wasn't that big at all. So it was, it was pretty cramped and standing room only. Yeah. I just invited yes. some of my uh, friends up from around school and came over to my apartment Sat here, watched the game on some stream we found, and one Chelsea fan in a lot of us, we had to, you know, put him in the other room for the second half. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, Javad, I really would like to, um, I-, I would like to experience what you experienced. Could you just tell us exactly your day? My day. What did you do? <clears throat> yeah. What did, what did I do? Well, apart from the how, fact did, how did your day start? Apart from the fact that I've been struggling with a cold for the past four or five days, so. Um, I was feeling pretty shit on Saturday um, and uh, I had a conversation with a family member and, and she said to me, my, my sister said to me, oh, you know, uh, you, you're not in a state to go on Sunday. And I just turned around and looked at her and I said, no, there is no way in the world, if I'm on my deathbed, that I'm going to miss Sunday. So um, that was always, um, you know, I had to come rain or shine. I, I was I was going to be there on Sunday, um, and I was fortunate enough to go there. And do you know what? I had a good time. Um, I know the result wasn't what any of us wanted, but I genuinely had a good time. It's not the first time I've been to Wembley. I, I went to the old stadium before to watch two England friendlies um, in '96 and '98, and I went again in 2008 uh, to take part in a, in an event, a 10k run, which Nike were doing. Um, but this is the first time that I've gone to see Spurs play, and 
at Wembley in a cup final. And it, it was just, you know, it was just fucking amazing day. Simple as that. I can't, I can't put it into words. Um, speechless. So, well, if you could just talk me through it. How crowded was the, uh, was the, uh, the, uh, uh, the way up there? I mean, were the trains and the subways or the tubes, were they well prepared to handle such massive, well, massive amount of people? Well, I guess they are because that's what they do. That's what they do. I think that um, <clears throat> when I got there, um, I got there fairly early. The, the gates opened at two o'clock, so it wasn't too bad. Um, and yeah, it, Wembley, it, the new Wembley is, is catered for that many fans i think the stewards did a really good job and, and, the, and the police and so forth um coming back from wembley because obviously it's a mass exodus, exodus of people as with any right. f- football match it's not when it finishes there isn't a staggered movement of people people tend to move at once so there was obviously lots of spurs fans 38,000 that, that left before the whistle kicked off but before the before the final whistle and before um that racist cunt picks up um the trophy for chelsea uh, at that point it was you know it was it was quite crowded um but the nice thing was as we were moving along and we're going along wembley walk and towards wembley park st- stadium all the spurs, spurs fans were singing you know we just lost a cup final and people right. were, were singing an, an upbeat and that's probably the abiding be- memory for me of that day or oh definitely yeah yeah, what's the atmosphere like between the two sets of fans? Were they friendly towards each other? I mean, like, how was that? Um, it was mostly segregated. Mostly segregated. Okay. The the Spurs supporters sounded in great voice on TV during the game. Was it? Did it feel? How was the atmosphere inside during the match? Um, it was very good. I mean, the the, the Opposing teams' fans were were pretty quiet throughout, other than when they scored. Um, our fans were, were were really good. I think um, the only thing was because if you if you compare to, for instance, a game that will take place at White Hart Lane, people will will tend to sit with people they're accustomed to sitting with, or there'll tend to be a block of people that you know. Um, whereas with an event like this, um, fans are just more spread out. So when it came to sort of singing songs and, and chants, it wasn't as, um, it was a bit spor- sporadic, but yeah. nonetheless, it was, it was good atmosphere. Excellent. Excellent. You know, I'm really glad that you shared that experience with us because there's a lot of us out here, um, well, really living all over the world that don't get the, the chance to, you know, to go watch Tottenham play at home, uh, yet alone get the, uh, the privilege of watching Tottenham play in a cup final. Uh, mind you, I mean, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but there aren't that many at home that get the chance to watch Tottenham <laughs> play in a cup final because we don't make the cup finals that often to begin with anyway. But still, yeah. um, I'm really glad that you managed to share that experience with us. Um, as for the game, what did you think? We can't not talk about it. I'd rather not, not but yeah, you're right. We've, we've got to sort of talk about it. Um... Andy, what was your take on on the performance? I thought we played well. I mean, we we were up to up to par against them. I mean, it wasn't you know an overly dominant game. Both of their goals came in off of deflections, 
and one the first one was a you know a clear handball from I can't remember the guys or say the game's name uh, Zumba or whatever Zuma yeah I mean he clearly you know flung his elbow out and made contact with the ball I mean it's not like the ball came in and hit him so it was I mean I think we played well I mean Danny Rose had you know William in his back pocket all game. I Hazard didn't really wasn't too much of um, a problem. It was just these little the little deflections that you know threw Laurie off. Yeah, I mean I don't think we could blame Laurie for other those two got goals at all whatsoever. I mean that second goal was an own goal. I mean it's just. Really, it could have gone anywhere. Really, it just—I mean—it just happened to go into the back of our net. Um, you know, in any game, if you don't attack and if you don't shoot and if you don't have possession, you're not going to get the chance to score. They scored twice. Uh, what's the what's what was the possession stats on that? Because they looked to me like they had the majority of the of the play in the second half and and every time they attack they look like scoring to me or is it or maybe that's just me and my negative attitude with every time anyone attacks us i'm thinking oh shit here we go we're gonna we're gonna give up a goal but to me it looked like they were a different team than the one that we spanked 5-3 at white hart lane absolutely i think think they definitely possession go ahead go on uh they, they showed up with a point to prove you know, we we absolutely destroyed them on New Year's Day, and you know, we showed we were capable of beating them and not putting up with it, what they usually do. Um, and we showed up. We didn't play a bad game. I think I looked at the possession at the end of the first half. We had, I think, sixty percent of the possession. Um, if Ericsson's free kick hadn't hit the bar, I think it would have been a very different game. I mean, it hit, it hit the bar, bar, but I thought I was surprised that he was so lackadaisical about getting across to you know, to palm it over. Um, again, I'm not trying to be negative, but I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, I thought we gave it our best shot. I'm really proud of how well a young team did. And, uh, you know, we keep talking about the average age being 23 and whatnot. But um, I, thought, I, I thought for a first season of Pochettino, uh, a new group of players, and I mean, really, they are a, a, a new group of players. I'm really proud of the effort that they put in. Um, I don't want to talk about, there was this thread going on yesterday with Bill Madrid and Nicky and everybody else about, well, if you aim for the stars, even if you fail, you end up on the moon or something like that. Um, To me, I'm going to get slaughtered for saying this, but I thought we did really well to get to the finals. I would have liked to have won it, but I thought, but I was, I was happy that we got to the finals. So um, anyone care to... Give me shit for saying but, so. But before, before I ask Aaron's um, opinion on the game, j- just on, on the point you've, you've made, I think that what, what we've got to bear in mind about the, the cup final is if we had won it, great. Don't get me wrong. We, we would all yep. like that. But it wouldn't be the measure if... <sighs> I don't think winning the Capital One Cup final would be how I would measure our season. I, I would measure our season on the progress that we've made as a club under Pochettino, the football we're, we're playing, the points that we've picked up against Arsenal, for instance, four points this season, the, 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 
the, the win against Chelsea on New Year's Day, the, the, the tiny steps that are being made with a with a with you know with looking to the future, I think that's I, I see the bigger picture, and I think yeah, sure, it would have been great if, if we'd won that trophy. Um, we haven't, but it's not the end of the world. In fact, I think it's the, the start of something that 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 Poch is something exciting that Poch is building. Um, I I agree with you completely, Javin. I think, look, I think I'm gonna be complete happy clapper. I think. Uh, this team, the team that we fielded was was great. They're young. They're exciting. The, the we didn't have too much of a threat going forward, but in possession we looked cool. We looked collected. We we, we rose to the occasion. And look, Chelsea didn't only beat us with a Chelsea team. Mourinho had to completely change his team. I and mean, Matic was out, but he throws basically five defenders at us. He completely plays his uh 18th century football or whatever the line is you know and he he had to he had to adjust to us and i think there's something there you know look he's an incredible manager he's an incredible tactician he's a a cup winning guy right that's his rep but he had to he had to alter his team to meet us um should we have done the same i don't know i think we for the most part played really well i thought there was barely anybody that um didn't have at least a decent game. And I, I agree with you. I think this team will be judged not on where we finish even in the in the table or whether or not we win this cup, but on on what 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 players have emerged and become better under Pochettino and what <clears throat> excuse me and and what kind of uh growth we can do over the summer. I think I think uh I think we played well and I think we deserve the the, the boys deserve praise and we should be proud. Would you say that it's almost a blessing that we didn't win? Because that way, it would have... <laughs> wait a sec. Well, just let me finish. Because that way, it would have papered over our shortcomings. And then we'd say, well, we don't need a new striker. We don't need a new midfielder. We don't need a new right back, left back, whatever. It's because, look at us. We won a cup with this lot. Do you think... I mean, if we would have won... No. I, no, think, no. I don't think I... it would have made any difference, to be honest. One, one, one way or the other. But, I mean, mean, if we, if we had won... We, we we weren't going to win by bossing that you know we were going to win by by sneaking out a win eking out a goal here or there and you know we talk about Erickson hitting the crossbar but we had a lot of shots on goal um, and they none of them looked dangerous right I mean there, it no. was clear we were we were outclassed there there it's a team that is made up of millions and millions of dollars worth of superstars playing against a team that's fielding homegrown players and a couple of overpriced players right i mean they all have potential all of our team has potential i think they're all going to show us great things but i think um i don't think anybody would have looked at our team if even if we had lifted the cup and said yeah this is it you know we can go forward and win the league yeah, I, yeah, I agree you with you. Go on. Well, I was just um, about, you know, the homegrown players. We have, what, five first-year starters um, that started yesterday. Um, Lamella, this is his first season, you know, starting for the first team. Last year he was hurt. Um, ben Taleb, you know, he came in late in last season, um, had some, you know, good games. But then Ryan Mason, this is his first year with the club starting. Um, Harry Kane. Other than Europa Leagues, you know, last year in a couple of league starts, this is his first full season starting. And then Eric Dyer. 
I mean, to see young Eric Dyer go toe-to-toe with um, Diego Costa and not back down, yeah, that was absolutely, I mean, it was great. Absolutely. You, you, there was a, a thread on the on the page yesterday about you know, the fire and the, uh, the motivation behind all the plays. And you, you can see that after the game as well as during it. You know, when, when the final whistle went, you saw the disappointment in some of the, the younger players, Ben Taleb and Mason. Um, but you also saw that, you know, that I want to come back, you know, see you next year type attitude. And it, it's good to see. In the immortal words of young Harry Kane, never fucking give up, right? Absolutely. I mean, you see it in all their faces, I think. I saw an interview with Potch afterwards. Um, I think it was on the BBC. And they asked him They asked him something along the lines of, you, you made the player stay behind to watch the... Um, watch Chelsea pick up the trophy, which actually I thought always happened anyway, to be honest. Um and he replied back and he said he was very gracious and magnanimous and he said you know we, it's really important that the, the players respect the comp- competition and so forth and and all that which i thought was telling but also for me i think i think that he was trying to tell them you know that you know that it wasn't your day today but you know one day it will be and and one day that will be you picking up the trophy and and I really genuinely think that he he's building a team, a nucleus of players, young players that are going to be at the club for a very long time, um, that hopefully won't be tapped out by, by Madrid. I know that that's inevitable in football, unfortunately, but I, I, I think with the players that we've got at the moment, I think a lot of them are... Maybe Vertonghen and Larissa are the exception because they're slightly older, but I think there are lots of young players... Uh, Ericsson, Lamella, Kane, Mason, Bentelab, for instance, Rose, who um, are at the not beginning of their careers, um, but on a trajectory, on, on an upwards tra- tra- um, trajectory, and um, I think they're going to be. With, with, I think they're going to be with Poch for a few years, uh, and Poch is one of those sort of managers. And if you only have to look at his spell at Southampton. He's good at nurturing talent. He's good at developing players, and I think he's going to he's going to be given the time, and hopefully backing in the summer to do that at Spurs. Well, I was just going to ask you. I, I, I was just going to interrupt. How long do you think Daniel Levy is going to give him before? He did uh, before five. he delivers on what Daniel Levy wants to deliver. Five years, five years. He's How'd you come contract. up with him? He's, got, he's got a contract. He's got a contract for five years. I think when they gave him that contract, they could have given him a three-year contract. I think five years is, was quite a statement. I don't think Harry had five years. I don't think AVB had. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong afterwards, but I'm not sure that Levy's ever given a five-year contract to anybody. Yeah, but he's also quite all right with cutting contracts short as well, isn't he? Yeah, I, I don't see anything in in Poch's DNA to suggest that that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, if we're, talk, I mean, if we're talking about having to build a team and Poch having the, the time to build a team, then he's going to be given the time to build a team, and that's my only concern. Um, because it's all about having to get that coveted fourth place Champions League spot. 
and financially when he's looking at the numbers, I don't know what what would have changed in Daniel Levy's mind for him to say, yeah, well, you know, I've dumped everybody else after a year and a half, two years, but I'm going to give this fella five years. What would have changed in Daniel Levy's mind? Because he's still looking at the same at the same numbers, isn't he? I think he realizes now he needs to do something differently. I mean, he's gone through how many managers since he's you know since he's taken over, and um, you know what he does is he's a bit of a investment-wise, he's a bit of a risk taker. If you look at how we market players, you know, buying young players, nurturing them, and then ship, shipping them off to Madrid for more money. Um, I think, you know, if you look at Poch, you know, where he's been at Southampton and Espanyol, he's only ever been there for, you know, one, two seasons. Um, and he's always done well. He's always gotten results, but he's never had the, the tenure. He's never been there for four or five seasons to see um, what he can do with a team when he's given time to work with them. And I think Daniel Levy's, you know, going to give him that time, give him that five years to see, you know, well, what can you do in the long term? You can take Southampton and turn them, you know, into a, Top six, top seven team in just a few seasons. You know what can you do with Spurs, who were potentially already challenging for the top four? And, you know the other thing is that I would ask, with the benefit of hindsight, how many of Levy's uh, decisions have been wrong in, as far as managers? I mean, what, like maybe the one that's questionable for me is is AVB. Maybe there was, maybe that was a mistake in siding with the players instead of siding with the manager in that situation. But I was glad to see Harry leave. Obviously, Sherwood is, you know, is a, a complete joke. So it, yes, he's gone through. We've gone through a lot of managers. Yes, it's been a tumultuous time. But um, has he gotten it really wrong with those with those decisions? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just because he let them go, it doesn't take away from the fact that he was the one that was responsible for hiring them. You know, I mean, it wasn't a case of somebody else hired him, and then I said, and then he, then he came along and said, oh no, no, this is a bad hire. No, let's fire this fella. He was the one that actually reached out to them, courted them, brought them to the club, gave them millions of dollars, only to fire them later on. So yeah, he got it wrong. I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. I think they all. I think Harry served. Harry came in. He did a particular job. He kept the club up. He took us to the next level. We became a top four, top five team. He wasn't able to take it that step further. So right. Andy, Andy was looking at the England job and other things on his mind. So uh, that was that was that. Um, Sherwood was a complete retard. Um, he came in to basically. To keep Poch as it was, it could have been De Boer, it could have been Van Hal or somebody else. He, he just kept the seat warm, um, really. He was just a seat warmer, but he was a retard as a manager, so we got rid of him. Um, AVB, yeah, I can see what Aaron's saying. I think AVB, the, the trouble with AVB was, if you recall, right just before he, um, before we got, before Levy got rid of him, we lost. Five nil to Liverpool. That was yeah. the game before he got fired. Prior to that, we lost. I think it was six one, six one against City, um, and then we lost a few games at home on the back of European ties. Um, and he started to lose the dressing room. So his time was over. Um, with Pochettino so far, he seems to he seems to have the backing of the dressing room. The only time I was slightly concerned was back in whenever it was September or October, where we were losing games to Stoke and West Brom at home and Newcastle at home, and the results weren't really happening. And Poch's 
style, his philosophy that we saw at Southampton, hadn't really... Um, players hadn't taken that on board yet. And obviously these things take time. But there was some... You know, some fans were a bit disgruntled at, at that point and a bit frustrated, understandably so. But um, it could have been easy for Levy to, to have um, got rid of him then. I'm not saying that he would have. He probably wouldn't have because it, it, was, it would have been premature. But Two, two he, months he, in. Yeah, two months in, it would have been premature. But, uh, but, but, but it's not inconceivable um, if, a, if a chairman is tr- uh, trigger happy that, that he, he could have done that. But he stuck by him, and and actually now, he's the players are start, starting to buy into Potter's philosophy. We've got a United dressing room. Um, the the two or three players that have shown dissent, well, they're not they're not in the team anymore. Um, and yeah, I, I, I generally think maybe I'm being completely naive. I generally think that Poch is going to be here for the long haul. I, I, I really I think he was I admire so much the way he handled his entrance into this team. You look at a guy like AVB when he when he was with Chelsea and his his job in many in many senses was the same as Poch's was when he arrived. There was a core of players that weren't performing or were no longer potentially performing. They wanted AVB to shake up the Chelsea side. He lost the, the dressing room and he was gone within within a season. Pochettino comes to us. He's got the same kind of problem where he's completely going to bring a new philosophy in. He's got a core of players that are that are that are going to be resistant, and he plays them. Those games that we lost, he was playing Capu and 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 Kabul, you know, and the all and Adebayor, and uh, he let them he let them do their thing and show the rest of the team why his philosophy was worth pursuing. And they, they came on board. I think this guy, um, whether or not he's going to win us trophies or take us to the top, there's something very elegant and very um, composed with the way that he, he carries himself and the way he runs this team. And I know that's not why we support a football team or why we turn the TV on or go to games to see a composed guy. But I think... Um, I think in the in the sense of Harry bringing us to a next level, I think he's bringing us to another level. Um, and if he can take us all the way, great. If he t- takes us to a level that he needs to be replaced at a certain point, that's also great. But I'm not. I don't. I just don't buy that. That somewhere out there, there's an owner that's so much better, or a chairman that's so much better than Levy. That Levy is so much the reason that we are in the in the in the situation that we're in. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, Aaron, can I ask you what does another level mean? To you, when you say another, how how would how would you define another level? Uh, well, when at you this... say that he's taking us to another level. I mean, um, other than the Carling Cup final, of course, and 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 of right. course, full credit goes to the team. You know, other, you know, what are, you know, <laughs> what have the Romans ever done for us? But other than the Carling Cup final, when you say he's taking us to another level, what does that mean? I, I, look, because I, think, I don't see us scoring more goals than last year. I don't see us with more points than last year. I don't see us winning more home games than last year. Or the no, year certainly before. not yet. Certainly not yet. But I think that I think that his his philosophy. I think that the way he's he's bringing the best out in our players. I think we stand a better chance of being consistent contenders for the top four positions than we stood under AVB. Uh, with that same set of players, that's just I, you know, I'm basing that on on gut, right? Like, 
Right. I know yeah, nothing I, that you guys don't know, but that's uh, that's my gut feeling. And I think that's true. And I, and I just add to that, I think he, he's molding a team. Um, under AVB, when Bale left and before that, Modric, Van der Vaart, um, we obviously bought, bought in a whole load of new players, Ericsson, Lamella, etc. Um, frankly, they they look like strangers. Yeah. Now we're starting to build, Poch is building a team. It's got some identity. And... What's the difference between this season and last season? Well, one of the differences, we got four points against Arsenal this season. Yep. Four, four, yep. four points against West Ham. So there are there are little signs of progress. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. Harry Kane, um, Ryan Mason, and yeah. Chadley were all available last season, right? And everybody moaned and moaned when when they when they showed up. And and Chadley was useless. He's useless. No one should play him. Who? Why? Why did we buy him? All these are all players that were available. Um, he's doing something to, with them. He's doing something for them. And if it's uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. You know, to uh, to to Javad's point, if I was to say another level, another level is actually us grabbing points from the top four teams, which we hadn't done uh, last year. I don't remember the last time when we grabbed the number of points that we have had this year from top four teams. And by top four, I mean City, uh, Chelsea, I hate to say the scum, um, and one other, and Manchester United or even or even Liverpool. But um, at least we're grabbing points. What is it, four points, hey, Javad? I think, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction. And, and uh, as I said earlier, Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day, but... Um, Poch will, Poch will deliver. I'm, I'm, I'm confident of that. Um, just, just a quick word on that, um, Jav, is that he's not just changing the way the players are um, individually. He's changing the dynamics of the team, and I think we're, be- we're coming, we're becoming a more attractive team to play for, to play, um, you know, just to be a team. I mean, you know, you look at the way, you know, like. Uh, Jan Vertonghen, his his attitude over the you know the course of the season has changed. He seems like he's becoming more happy at Spurs than he was, say, at the beginning of the season. Um, that's important just because not, not only keeping hold of players like you know, like Jan and you know hopefully Lloris, uh, depending on how we end up finishing this season. Um, he's he's making it like look like we have some kind of hope of being successful rather than just aimlessly wandering around fifth and sixth position every year. No, absolutely. Um, it's it's all tiny steps. I mean, some of it's not so apparent, um, but we're we're moving in the right in the right direction. Um, we've got quite a few questions to get through, um, so just very very quickly, I'm just going to go really quickly round um, and and ask. We've got two games um, in quick succession. Um, Swansea on. Wednesday at home, and then QPR away on Saturday. Um, Andy, predictions? Mm, I think the Swansea game is going to be it's going to be tough because they um, they played well um, the other day. I think I think we'll win two one. And QPR? Oh, QPR three nil. Oliver. Um, I have to agree with um, the uh, Swansea analysis. I think it's going to be a, a tough game. They're, they're playing well. They're always a difficult team. Uh, QPR, I think we're going to smash them. Um, we beat them 4-0 earlier in the year, and that was without a Bayor getting two. 
Um, Kane and the Dane are on form. I think will be no problem at all. Aaron? Oh, God. <laughs> After all of that hope, I'm going to say Swansea, <laughs> we're going to draw 1-1. Everyone's going to be exhausted and, and hungover and uh, depressed. And then we're going to come back and smash QPR 3-0. Six points all the way. We're going to rock both both sides. The team is playing so well together. They finally understand each other. Six, uh, it's just going to be a six-pointer. Uh, they've got no other choice. They've got to grab six points. Uh, they actually look like they like each other. Like You don't see them moaning and bitching on the field. Um, I think the goodwill and all this experience that this young team has been through together, I think it's going to um, drive them on to... to to freaking smashing Swansea. It's Swansea we're talking about, folks. Swansea. Swansea and QPR. Easy. Ah, oh, what a great way to start. What a great way to turn your season around playing those two shit teams. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I am Mr. Negative, by the way. Right, Javad? I always think that we're going to lose every game. But uh, I was so happy to see Swansea and QPR on... Uh, yeah, pretty brilliant. Thank God, finally. With, okay. you know, with just before we get on the questions one quick thing about Pochettino um, since we are recording this on uh, March 2nd it is actually his birthday today so just want to hey. throw that out there 43 today is our happy Poch. birthday Poch happy birthday Poch, good shout Oliver um, I say 6 points by the way for those three games um, because I don't know why um, for no other reason other than I'm going to be optimistic. We've got 12, 12 matches left this season, and I think that looking at the fixtures, there are quite a few... Um, there, there are lots of points, I think, that we can grab, and we're not involved in any more competitions. Um, we're not going to be having Thursday-Sunday matches anymore. Um, so it's, it's there for the taking, and I, and I really think it's open. Outside of Chelsea and Man City third and fourth place uh, are completely open so yeah um, I think six points um, before we do the questions um, I had a couple of announcements I, I did have an announcement on bagels but um, I don't think we've got time oh yeah well, m- m- no, no, m- no. M- much 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 to the disappointment of Mary Morton who who um, really wants a, a bagel update um, but, but I can't no I'm afraid it's gonna have to wait till the next podcast well, I want to know, did you get a bagel at Wembley? Uh, no. <laughs> what? Um, no, no. Um, the biggest yeah. stage in England, and they don't have a kiosk with a smoked salmon bagel. I think I need it. I think I, I just need a half an hour just to discuss the subjects of bagels. And I think I would, I would, that I would think, be doing it. Yeah. I think it's time to go to the parliament. <laughs> Um, so no, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna discuss bagels. Much to the disappointment of Mary Morton. Mary's Mary's a big believer in bagels, and she believes that um, they should be um, that they should feature strongly at football um, grounds. Much in the same way that she believes handbags should um, should be a feature at football grounds. Um, now I could see this. I could see. <laughs> American stadiums, baseball stadiums, you have the guys going up the up the bleachers, up the stairs with a big, you know, box selling popcorn, yelling out popcorn, $2, except for you, a big, you know, smoked bagels. Um, 
and it's wrapped in like some kind of wrapping and they just throw it to you. You catch it. You pass the money down. It's it's it would be a great thing in England. So I think you should open up your own bingo shop. That would work too. It would happen in the states. That it, it, absolutely, they, 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 that that sort of thing would happen. But the reason why they don't do it at White Hart Lane is because there's a class system in Britain, and it's and people are obsessed with class, and I'm obsessed with class, and mm-hmm. uh, you can get bagels in the upper tier of White Hart Lane, but you can't in the lower tiers because um, they are snobbish and people who. Uh, who uh, choose to watch a game in, in, in the lower tiers um, are somehow not worthy of bagels. But if you pay that little bit extra and you're in the upper tier, you get to have a bagel. But that problem would never happen in the States because um, it's, it's, there isn't that obsession with class. You know, this is what Marx was, all, was talking about. <laughs> bagels for everyone. This is ridiculous. Now, that could be a working title for this podcast. But anyway, um, Zayden, it's better than um, the last one. Satan, um, you're writing a book, aren't you? I believe, or working on a book. Yes, I am. Thank you so much for asking. Would you like to um, give us a brief synopsis of what the book's about? I will make it short and sweet. It's um, I am writing and illustrating a children's book about a cat that works at a famous cheese shop, and his job is to keep the mice away from stealing the cheese. And his name is Bertie. Bertie the Cat, and uh, I've got a series of five books that have been submitted to um, the publishers, so hopefully any day now I should hear back from them saying, yes, we love it, we love the illustrations, we love the stories, here is a kajillion dollars, and could we please put the uh, put uh, all of the images of Bertie and the mice and the rats and everything else on pajamas and uh, toothbrushes. And, um, and, that's, and, that's, and that's what I'm hoping for. So the five books are about Bertie the Cat, who, uh, who keeps a cheese shop... Um, mice free uh, and in the second book uh, a rat moves in and uh, him and the mice help to get rid of the rats and in the third book he goes to Texas where uh, he falls in love and uh, he finds out that and actually thank you very much to uh, Greg Taylor uh, my friend from Brazil who's also uh, is a part of our Tottenham Hotspurs family we actually came up with the um, with the premise together for the third book and that's um, and that uh, he goes to Texas to go help um, uh, an, another cheese shop owner who was a cousin of the cheese shop owner back in England in a town called Appleford. And, the, the, and they find out that the cheese has been stolen by uh, raccoons, but they only steal the cheese because they're hungry. And so, uh, and, what's, and, and sorry, what's, what's, what's the link with Tottenham Hotspur? Am I right in thinking there's a link in one of the books? Well, yeah, uh, there are little Tottenham Hotspurisms everywhere in the book. So uh, in one of the... Uh, in one of the books where they are in Mad Mrs. Murphy's house, she's got the TV on, and there is, come on, your spurs on there, C-O-Y-S. Um, so they're in the background. And so if you look very carefully and closely at some of the illustrations, you'll see some Tottenham Hotspur shout-outs uh, to my other passion and love. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, we're all very optimistic. And so, uh, we'll, and so uh, it's only just a matter of time now. But uh, thank you so much well. for giving me a chance to talk about it. And when do you think it's likely to be published oh um we're hoping for sometime um well sometime i would say maybe june or july time is what we're looking at so um fingers crossed okay fingers well, crossed well it's my birthday in july so you could um 
you could give me a signed copy and, and send Absolutely. it to me. Absolutely. Uh, so on what day in July? July the what? Six. All right, because I'm the 13th. All right, July 6th. I shall remember that. So, okay. so if it's a success, Zayden, and you make your millions, are you, were you going to buy Spurs with that money? <laughs> Excellent you know, question. It's so funny you would, it's so funny you asked that. That is so funny you asked that. I was actually thinking something similar this morning. If I had all the money in the world, would I buy Arsenal only to put them out of business? Is what I was thinking this well, that's morning. That's an even better question. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, that's exactly what I was thinking this morning. I was dreaming. Well, if I was to have billions and billions of dollars, would I buy um, Arsenal? And then how do I go about uh, uh, just tearing them apart? And um, and I went through all these different ideas about how I would tear them apart. But um, it wouldn't be buying Spurs. So it would be buying Arsenal only to dismantle them. Right. Questions. Um... We'll try to go through this as quickly as I can. Uh, Greg Taylor asks, would you have made the same su- substitutions as Pochettino did? Um, Greg mm-hmm. said he would have brought on Lamella for Townsend at 60 minutes at least. Um, he goes on to say, were we too predictable? Not, he's not having a dig at Poch, um, who he believes was the right man for the job. Who is the right man for the job? Um, I think he makes some good substitutions. Maybe bring on uh, Lamella a bit earlier, as you said. Uh, I was surprised he took Chadley off. Um when he did, I would have brought Lamella onto the right and Townsend over to the left, kept Townsend on. Um, that way he can get some crosses in with his left foot to Kane rather than trying to cut in and shoot or try and cross with his significantly weaker right foot. I was only curious about Walker, if he was injured or not. And and, I, and they, he must have known that he wasn't, but uh, it felt a little bit dodgy, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think his dodginess actually cost us anything, did it? Uh, it took him out of out of the game in terms of going forward. I'm not going sure that forward, Dyer yeah. would have would have would have been a better option, but that that was my one question mark. Looking back, I thought Dembele was the right choice. I think we needed more strength to try to break down the basically five that they had in the back. Um, and yeah, probably Lamella sooner. But yeah, if only we hadn't filled Carl Nelson. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> Things you never say. <laughs> yeah. What's the story with Yedlin? When's he coming on? What's the story? Morning Glory. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, the album comes out tomorrow, and I've got tickets for the uh, for Noel Gallagher in uh, in in Washington D.C. But anyway, uh, when is uh, Yedlin coming back? Uh, well, when's he going to start playing for Tottenham first team? How is his how is his progression coming along? Any feedback? I think Pochettino's just training with him like he would, did with the rest of the squad over the summer. I wouldn't be all too surprised if he got loaned out next year somewhere. Yeah, I, w- I agree. Mm. I think he's, he's going to slowly... I mean, he's got he's got the rest of this season and, and then the summer, and I think there's no urgency to, get, to bed him in. Um, if... If if he was rushed into the into the team and he started making making mistakes, you, you know what our fans can be like, oh, yeah. or, or you know what football fans can be like sometimes. Um, they would turn on his t- turn on the Edelman's back. So I think he's just carefully m- managing that situation. Um, if Kirakesh is getting the call ahead of him, he must be pretty far back. I think that the well, I think that was just I think that was just because he was with the men's national team doing some friendlies and stuff. That's the only reason why Kirikesh, um even started what the Europa game. 
Is that right? Was Yedlin with the men's team? Yeah. He um yeah. they there was a few friendlies um what about a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe a week and a half ago. But um he should be he should be back now and he should be training with the with the squad in England, so I haven't heard anything definite. But I will say this, um, on a slightly different note, Sporting KC is in talks with getting Raphael Vandervoort. So Ooh. I'm going to be able to see the man locally <laughs> if, the, if this goes through. Andy Scoggins, you've got such a posh, upscale North Carolina accent. I still can't get over Why, it. Why, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Jack Burgess asks, mentally, how will losing the last two games impact on us, and how quickly will we recover? I think we'll be all right. You know, we've lost before. We've, you know, we lost quite badly to City early in the year. Lost three nil to Liverpool early on, and um, bounced back quite well. I think you know when you lose to a team like Chelsea, you know, it's not as if it's you know you're losing. 2-0 in a cup final to QPR, for example. You know, yeah. you go in there with a certain expectation that you're playing a rather fantastic team, and you know Fiorentina is not a bad side either. So you know, I think we'll bounce back, no problem. Looking forward, there's some good fixtures looking up. I am personally am looking forward very much to playing Villa uh, in April. Um, I hope we <laughs> destroy them. <laughs> I think Sherwood's going to be absolutely hilarious before and after that game. Um, come out with some good lines. I think it will back. We'll be we'll be fine. I don't think that we're the squad to uh, that we were last year to where we let th- results really, I guess, grind on us. Our heads don't drop. We don't give up. We don't. You know, we're not that way this year. We keep pushing forward, and I think the mentality of the squad is that everything is forgotten from the week before. We push on. So I don't think that the last two. Losses against Fiorentina, against Chelsea, will actually even matter. I don't think it, I don't think the loss will affect us. I think just the fact that it was Wembley will affect us. I think there has to be some coming down on Wednesday, like even if it's really small and people are and and the and the team is just a, a step slower, there has to be some draining out of the adrenaline, right? Win or loss. Yeah, well, but, I'm, but well, I'm thinking. We tied to West Ham. We just barely got through. We tied to West Ham. We lost to Fiorentina. We lost to Chelsea. The boys have got something to prove. I think uh, the loss to Chelsea too. in the cup final is going to give them that impetus. It's like, come on, for fuck's sake. We've got to, we've got to at least turn this around. I think that's the, uh, the loss to Chelsea might be uh, that final straw that's going to really push them on. I think the fact that in the games this season, we've shown that um, never die attitude. The fact that we, we, you know, we go down and we keep fighting and we keep fighting and we come back and we win late on. That attitude, that mindset, is you know, it's quite positive. It, it, it's not shit. We're, we're losing and let's give up. And, and I think that's going to come through. Um, I think I think we, we, we're going to bounce bounce back. I think Aaron's right. This, inevitably, there's going to be, you know, on Wednesday, we, we might be um, that little bit off the pace, 
you know, Swansea might start well, but as long as we can get as long as we can get either an early goal or do something in the game, I think it just needs you know a moment of magic. It just just needs a turning point. Um, it might even just be a scrappy win. Mm-hmm. That might that might be the 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 the, the, the tonic we need. Um, if we can get Wednesday out of the way um, and just you know get three points and get a win, then I think that will set us nicely for the rest of the season. Because after after Wednesday, all of our games will either be Saturday or Sunday, and there'll be no midweek games. And and I think Wembley will become a distant memory. And as it is, yeah, it, we only we we lost Chelsea. We didn't lose to. Um, as Oliver said, we 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 didn't lose to a QPR, and by the same token, we didn't get thrashed five 0 by Chelsea either. So we can hold our heads up high. So I, I think we'll be fine. Um, Brian Campbell, I like this one. Brian Campbell asks a friend in in um, quotation marks. Oh yeah, I saw this. Has a, dr- <laughs> has, a dr- has a dream about John Terry clinging by his f- fingertips to the top of a very tall building. The friend has a foot on each of his hands and takes a leak on his on his head whilst he screams for help. He then kicks the hands away and watches impassively as John Terry plummets to his death thousands of feet below. He asks, does my friend need to see a shrink or are they perfectly normal? I think that Brian Campbell needs to see a shrink because he shouldn't be asking that question. Any sane human being would kick the living shit out of that racist oh, I, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really restraining myself here he, he, that vile racist human being absolutely you see, I, personally I would have pissed on him picked him up, lifted him up said sorry and then pushed him off immediately after after he got that confidence back you know just Emotional trauma as well as the plummeting thousands of feet to his inevitable death. So no, no shriek needed. You, you, Andy? No, definitely not. He's uh, doing the right thing. Aaron, would you would you have been a bit more charitable? Well, I, I think that you need, he should be seeing a shrink because he's his dream doesn't include the part where he force feeds feeds the. Pulverated mess of human flesh that is now John Terry to Diego Costa and just makes him eat it slowly and carefully while Gary Cahill watches and wanks. I mean, they're they're dead behind the eyes. Those fuckers. I I have such hatred towards them. I don't even know what to do with myself. <laughs> no, it's perfectly normal. Satan, you you, you strike me as being a. Uh, forgiving and a decent person. I, I am. I am. I am. Uh, how, how would you? How would you deal with this particular? If it was you, and and does, and does Brian need some help? Is or is he being perfectly rational? Well, I didn't get the feedback from Brian yesterday. I asked him to play a happy tune for good, um, you know, for the good vibes. Because when we were losing to um, West Ham, he was strumming um, negative strums and I told him to play a happy tune and sure enough we started to win well we got the goals back um, but still that's neither here or there um, I think I, I think I think I think you're all disturbed all of you um, everyone on this podcast including Brian well, I think it's well, a horrible you. thing about, about another human being um, that's if that's if that's what you want to call John Terry um, but uh, I completely understand where he's coming from and I sympathize uh, 
with all of you. But uh, yeah, and I'll just leave it at that. I'm not a John Terry fan, but that's a little too much. That's excessive, fellas. That's excessive. What if it was Diego Costa? That's a different story. He's a cunt, and I would like to pour <laughs> gasoline on him. I'd like to I'd like to pour gasoline on him uh, and light him on fire. Just so did, I could, did you uh, see how he looked so, up at the ref before he put his face to bent a little? Like he, his eyes, he, like his dead eyes, just glance up. They, are they looking? And then he's just awful. clawed his face. Ugh, awful, awful. He's awful. awful. He's he's got no class at all whatsoever. He just, I mean, uh, as I mean, you could say what you want to say about John Terry and the way he behaves off the field and his background and this, that, and the other. Um, on the field, he's a captain and he does everything he can do in order for the team to win. But uh, when it comes to Diego Costa, I really think that the man is unhinged. There is something that is, um, he's just mean. Uh, just uh, his stomping, uh, his, you know, his cheating, his just, he's just over the top with everything. He's disgusting. He's absolutely disgusting. He's Mourinho incarnate. Completely agree. Yeah. I think you don't really have to worry too much about Costa. Just lock him in a room with Eric Dyer and Fazio and see what happens. <laughs> oh, with Fazio. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would have liked to have seen Fazio with him. I mean, he would have, uh, you know, he would have kept him under control. Um, well, you had that little clip whenever Fazio was uh, warming up on the sideline, whenever Walker was, you know, off injured for that little spell. Um, I was actually really enthused that, hey, okay, this is good. You know, the right side's going to be a little bit weaker with Dyer moving over, but Fazio is going to come in. He's going to put, you know, Costa in his place. Yeah, but you don't want him to get a red card either. So, I mean, that was yeah, my concern. Yeah. I mean, if Fazio comes on, because he does have a tendency to get sent off in nothing games. Well, there's no such thing as a nothing game. But uh, but we wouldn't want to be a, a man short when we're 1-0 down. So, and they um, have history, the two of them, obviously. Exactly. Gents, I have to run. I'm sorry to, to um, drop such wonderful imagery on you and then have to leave. But I got I to gotta go uh, take care of the boy. But uh, All right. thanks for having me. Absolutely. Just one point, Aaron. Uh, just one point. And if we were to set Costa on fire, I think he would be a, a better-looking man after Lloyd's. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks. Talk soon. All right, bye, Aaron. Bye. Yeah. Okay, very quickly, final final few questions. Um, this one I'm just going to address directly myself. So Tom Newfield asks, are bagels best eaten slightly toasted and still warm rather than wrapped in cling film and sold cold in football grounds, right? So, okay. Yes, they should be toasted, um, but unfortunately, um, for some reason, um, the good people at Tottenham Hotspur... Um, uh, can't even be bothered to sell them in every part of the ground. Um, so yes, um, they should be toasted. Um, they're not as nice in cling film. Um, for what it's worth, the club sell chewy, horrible bagels. Um, however, um, the point is this, they should be selling them in all parts of the ground, not just the upper tiers, everywhere. Um, lower tiers as well. And to that end, um, I've been writing to the club um, for the past few months. So. To, to, to get them to, to sort this out because it's bugging me um, and um, I seem to have made a, a breakthrough on that front um, a gentleman called Terry Buxton who's a catering manager um, is going to be in touch with me and uh, to, to discuss this issue and, and, and resolve it once and for all um, so um, I think we're finally going to have justice and bagels for everyone 
um, that's my rant over. Um, final two questions. Michael John Bede asks, if you could be one member of the Tottenham Hotspur family Facebook group for the day, who would it be? Andy. Ooh, you got to come back on me on this one. I, I got to think. Oliver? Well, I can't really say any specific members. Anyone with season tickets, really, uh, living in the States, haven't actually been to a Spurs game. Something I really want to do. So anyone with season tickets, you know, I'll take you up on that for the day. Good answer, Zayden. That's a good shout, actually. I would say Greg Taylor. Uh, the man lives in Brazil. He lives in a beautiful part of Brazil. Uh, he's living the dream. Uh, he's, you know, he's, uh, they call him the professor out there, and uh, he's also an author, and, and, and he's also a really nice guy. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, coming back to you, Andy. Um, I would have to say Bill Madrid. He's, oh, yes. Good call. He's he's smart. He lives in a great part of Spain. Great culture, great food. Um, it's, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of mountains, and he lives really close to the, um, to the Sierras in Spain. And he's yeah. even close enough to, to make it to, you know, to White Hart Lane. He's close enough to go to, to Italy for a Europa League match. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say either Bill Madrid or Greg, but I went with Greg because I like Greg more, because Bill's an asshole sometimes. <laughs> Love you, Bill. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, who would I be? Harry Kane. Oh, He's not a part of the family. Oh. He is. There, there is a, there's a member in the group called Harry Kane. Oh, come on. There's a member in the group called Harry Kane, and that's who I'd be. Um, final question. Joby Wicks asks a oh, similar, no. sort, of question, similar oh, no. sort of question. If you were, if you were single and could date oh, any member no. of the group, who would it be? Why, <laughs> how did I know somebody? How did I know you're going to ask that today? To, I'll come back to you, Satan. <laughs> Andy. Oh. Who would I date? Probably. I, I can't remember if she's still a part of the group, though. Lou Lappin. I think she would give me the best chance to have two chicks at one time. Oh, that's <laughs> a good call. <laughs> I don't know if she's a part of the group, but she's wonderful. I like her. I like her posting. Uh, she was. She was a part of the group at one time, but I, can't, I haven't seen her there in, okay. for a while. Yeah, I think she's. I think she is still part of the group. I I, I met her once earlier this season. At once oh, you did? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think she's part of the group, but she's not active, actively part of the group. That makes sense. Um, Oliver. It's uh, a good one. Um, I'd have to say Nikki Irenium for the All Girls podcast because they seem like they can certainly have a a good time. Yeah. Fair enough. Satan. Oh, buddy, I'm a happily married man. My wife is sitting right here next to me. Uh, and uh, absolutely not. They're all but, wonderful. But think of, yeah, yeah, but think of the endless possibilities. Yeah, I Good know. call, Z. Endless possibilities of... That's, that's called sitting on the fence. That's you just... Know, that's called being smart because she listens to the podcasts. <laughs> uh, oh, sure, in that case, sh- hi, Stephanie. <laughs> She'll say. I'm, sure, I'm yeah. sure she won't mind. Yeah, no, oh, no. I know, I think she would. But uh, thank you so much for thinking of me in such a way. Uh, Mary Moxon, I would say. But other than that, that's about it. Because <laughs> I like her accent. That Irish accent of hers, it drives me crazy. 
Fair enough. Okay. Um, just one other thing um, I just wanted to mention. Um, uh, Javid, what about you? Oh, yeah. You are single, my man. Yeah, but if you look at the question, it says, if you were single. Okay, I okay. am single, so, so okay. it's, it's not applicable. It, um, but you are single. you got to answer it. Come on. Harry, Harry Kane. Oh, no, there you go. <laughs> Fine-looking fine fella. Um, got big, strong Right, so coming back to... Just just the final thing, just just coming back to the Chelsea game. Um, I know I mentioned this last week, um, but I, I'm going to mention it again um, because it warrants mentioning... Um, Joss Heddington, um, he's a member of the group, of the Tom Motspur family Facebook group. He was kind enough to sell me his ticket a week ago, and um, and it's because of him that I was at Wembley yesterday, and I had a fantastic time despite the result. So um, I dedicate this podcast to Joss. Thank you. Um, Good shout. Good shout. And on that note, um, the future's bright, the future's really white. Good night. Oh, we